From the virtual newsroom of Impact Alpha, this is your Impact Briefing for Friday, January 8th, 2021. I'm Brian Walsh. Today, David Bank joins me to chart the year ahead in Impact Investing. Hey, David. Hey, Brian. How are you holding up? Yeah, it's been quite a week, but, uh, you know, it's a new year. We're, we're, we're raring to go. All right, I'm looking forward to a preview of your conversation with Jigger Shaw from Generate, which provides financing for sustainable infrastructure projects. Yeah, it's always helpful to get a dose of Jigger to remember that uh, this sustainability rebuild is, you know, is still on and in fact is inevitable. So I'll share some of that with you. Great. Well, I'm looking forward to our conversation. But first, here's what you need to know from this week in Impact Investing. The twin earthquakes in the American political world signal changes ahead. In Georgia, millions of voters turned out in an historic mobilization led by Black Americans, flipping two Senate seats and therefore control of the Senate. Meanwhile, an angry mob of domestic terrorists stormed the U.S. Capitol in an attempt to hold back such progress. The net-net was possibly even more optimism and urgency about the year ahead. Impact Alpha rounded up forecasts from investors across the financial markets to highlight 10 ways investors are riding the sustainability wave into 2021, including a major rotation of capital into ESG funds, that's environmental, social, and governance, and the accelerating shift to a low-carbon economy. This week's deals show that there certainly seems to be capital available for sustainable and inclusive solutions. Among the deals... One Way Ventures in Boston raised $58 million to back startups founded by immigrants. It has backed more than 40 companies, including Care Academy and Super Pedestrian, an e-scooter company that just closed its own $60 million round. Boston Metal raised $50 million to green industrial metal production by using electricity rather than coal. Perhaps we're getting closer to the promise of zero carbon steel. And... Morgan Stanley put $100 million into an Atlanta fund managed by LISC, that's the Local Initiative Support Corporation, to finance affordable housing developers near the city's mass transit routes. Workforce and affordable housing proved remarkably resilient during the COVID crisis. And finally, here's a deal worth digging into, a SPAC for sustainable mining. SPACs are special purpose acquisition companies, and they were last year's hottest capital raising trend. One of the latest is a $200 million IPO from Ivanhoe Capital and mining sector billionaire Robert Friedland, who wants to help mining companies green their operations for what he calls the electrification of everything. Many people don't much like the mining industry's environmental or human rights records, but they do like their iPhones and electric vehicles and other products that require mined resources. Welcome again, David. Now, for this week's podcast, we were planning on a look ahead around sustainability themes, but I think we first need to digest the events of this really historic week. Yeah, Brian, and we all do. Um, I would just point out that there are were two big events this week, and you, you you mentioned it earlier. First, the election in Georgia, and then the riot at the Capitol on Wednesday. The first one in Georgia involved like you know two million voters, and the riot might have you know made, made maybe two thousand, if that. So I just want to keep it in perspective. Yeah, I, th- I take your point, David, uh, that we shouldn't let the, the angry mob overshadow the, the real accomplishment of the mobilization of so many people, especially from the black community in Georgia, to turn Georgia blue and to flip those two Senate seats. So that was a, a real significant accomplishment that shouldn't be overshadowed by the other events this week. 
Well, it's not just it's not just overshadowed. It's that it opens up the possibilities um, of 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 enacting a you know a policy agenda that could really put some tailwinds as as we've been saying behind some of the sustainability and inclusion themes that Impact Alpha and Impact Investors have been pushing for a while. So I don't want to minimize what 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 happened, but I just want to kind of keep everybody's eyes on the prize and, and looking ahead. One, to, to that point, to, to the look ahead, it, as we re, uh, record this podcast right now, David, it's being reported that Marty Walsh, the mayor of Boston, who, by the way, no relation uh, to me, uh, it has been tapped uh, by uh, President-elect Biden to be the next uh, labor secretary. Uh, now, the labor secretary uh, actually has a lot of influence on, on regulations around uh, investments. Um, and, and there's a lot to come from this. And David, what do we know about Marty's track record when it comes to ESG investing? Well, Brian, we do know that as mayor of Boston, he helped direct some capital into ESG funds. So just on this question of the back and forth between Democrats and Republican administrations over that approach to investing, you know, we, it's, it's pretty clear where the new Biden administration uh, Labor Department will will fall on that and 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 likely reverse some of these uh, Trump administration policies. Not 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 to get too wonky, David, because I know we've covered this in previous podcasts and uh, in the pages of Impact Alpha. But the Department of Labor oversees regulations around ERISA, which are the regulations around employee retirement funds. ERISA actually stands for Employee Retirement Income Security Act, and uh, that's the guidance around what pension funds can invest in. And it has a lot of ripple effects for the investment management industry, uh, as those guidance can uh, can kind of essentially give the go ahead for uh, fund managers to consider ESG uh, factors as they make evaluations uh, on the investments that they that they make. And so it kind of gives the regulatory framework to enable more ESG investing. Is that right, David? That's right. And everybody's kind of hoping that we kind of put this to bed once and for all, because it's clear now. And, you know, if it wasn't before 2020, it's obviously clear that, you know, environmental and social factors are decidedly material in investment decisions. And so even under, you know, traditional definitions, you know, fiduciaries that are managing these pension funds, you know, have to take into account the risks and and even opportunities of that you know that are driven by these environmental and social factors. So it shouldn't really be that controversial, but you know it has been over, as I said, back to the the Clinton administration, and and ever since it's kind of ping pong back and forth. And um, I think folks are thinking that uh, you know maybe 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 that maybe that that debate can be over soon. Yeah, it's not only the right thing to do; it's also the smart thing to do from a fiduciary duty perspective. Yeah, and, and interestingly, that was kind of the theme of my conversation with Jigger Shah that you referenced. Um, you know, that there's all kinds of technologies, you know, from solar cells to, to fuel cells to, to energy retrofits and, and much more that are good uh, investments as well as, you know, as well as, as, as good environmental policy. Um, let's take a listen. Well, I think, as you know, um, what we're doing is inevitable, right? I mean, we've got these extraordinary technologies that are better that are cheaper, that have lower carbon footprints, uh, they're in, in short are more sustainable and save money, right? Sustainability wins. And so, so the long arc there has been un, uninterrupted, right? I mean, the last four years, we've seen tremendous growth in all of our areas, but we've seen all that growth with a lot of headwinds because we've had a lot of political leaders who've you know, said, well, do we need to go fast? Do we want to go fast? 
Um, do we really want to pursue these solutions? And I think going into 2021, you know, we feel confident that no, not only is the technology getting cheaper and better and easier to finance and deploy, but you also have a lot of tailwinds from political leadership saying, and it's the right thing to do, and it's the right time to do it. Now, David, can we take a step back and who is Jigger Shaw? Jigger uh, is a kind of pioneer in, in energy and renewables, um, started something called Sun Edison way back, I think, in, in around 2003, really pioneered this model of no money down solar leasing. That's basically the model for you know, residential and, and other solar now. And then he basically took that idea more broadly. It's not just solar panels that that, that, that applies to, but there's lots of things that pay off over time with you know lower operating costs and as well as the environmental benefits, but that need upfront financing to to get deployed and so generate his firm um, with Scott Jacob you know raised a billion dollars last year to, to finance these kinds of projects. The amount of money that we're talking about today is so large that the government is not going to be half the money, right? The government is going to be a small amount of the money, but the government's money is highly catalytic, right? When you think about um, where we need to get to. Right now, we have more money chasing not enough projects, right? To build more projects, you need more development capital, right? That development capital is not as plentiful as the infrastructure capital. So the government plays a big role in providing some of that development capital, right? Some of the early dollars, the walking around money to convince the mayor that they should really go, you know, full speed ahead on fully decarbonizing their town, right? A lot of that money does come from the federal government or from state governments, right? And so, and that leads to more projects to be done by infrastructure funds. And just to tie it back, you know, maybe to the events of, of this week, I mean, what's really going to change the politics of all this are jobs and justice. Um, we need some tens of millions of people to, you know, do this retrofit of the energy and and, and other infrastructure and, you know, people to work and build the new, you know, infrastructure, sustainable infrastructure. I mean, it's, it, people are raring to go on the new plan and, and, and hopefully that will, uh, you know, um, you know, change some minds or, or bring folks along. I mean, we definitely need 25 million new people to get to work, to be able to decarbonize at the scale that we need to decarbonize, right? That's a lot of jobs. And those are a lot of like good paying jobs. And there are a lot of, uh, careers, not, not just gig jobs for like two years. And, but making sure that those people get training and making sure that all of that money is available for community colleges and certificate programs and all that stuff is something the government plays a big role in. And it, it is important because it gives companies like us the social license to continue to operate in the future, right? We have to show that we're helping all communities and we want to show that we're helping all communities and that everyone's succeeding. But there are certain things we can use private sector dollars for and certain things that we can actually make sure that we're leveraging government programs to bring in that justice component into what we do. Well, David, after a challenging week, Jigger's perspective is a nice palate cleanser to end on. I look forward to listening to your full interview with him out next week. Yeah, it's worth, a, it's worth a listen. Thanks, Brian. That's going to do it for your Impact Briefing this week. You can read all of these stories at impactalpha.com. Impact Alpha's podcasts are available for free wherever you listen. The journalism that powers them is made possible by Impact Alpha's subscribers, who receive the daily brief and full access to Impact Alpha content. Join us. Podcast listeners get $100 off their annual subscription. 
go to impactalpha.com slash subscribe and use the code briefing100 for $100 off. Thank you for listening. And thanks to David Bank and our producer, Isaac Silk. I'm Brian Walsh, head of impact for the fintech company Liquinet. It's been quite a week. Take care of yourselves and each other.